I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that one yet. It's on my Netflix. But I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, my phone, Whitney. My phone. I'm sorry you lost your phone. It's like it's like my testicles got lost, but I tracked them on a map. And I can't get them until Tuesday. <laughs> and your wife's parents have them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God. Just like in that dream. Uh, hang on, it's got... Oh. Ah. He's having some issues. Oh. I hear some noises. Hello? Yes. We just, Hi. We have... We were just talking about Mark's testicles. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, uh, my testicles as a metaphor for my telephone. Uh-huh. Which is which actually you'd think it should be the other way around. That sounds like the worst like slate think piece ever. <laughs> <laughs> Our testicles, the new smartphones, or vice versa. Well, wasn't that the whole Google Glass thing that that Sergi Brin Sergi Brin said Sergi. that sure. uh that uh that using a cell phone made you look unmasculine? Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess because you expose your groin to powerful kicks or something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can't like headbutt rivals as easily uh, yeah. when you're holding a phone. <laughs> with your enormous <laughs> horns. Yeah, with your you, with your dense forehead plate. <laughs> I don't understand men. Mm. <laughs> Grow Any... a dense forehead plate, and we can talk. I'm working on it. Uh-huh. Anyway, welcome to I haven't seen that. We're a podcast about phones podcast and testicles phone. and recording very late. This may be the latest we've ever recorded. Really? I think so. It's seven forty-five. Are you guys in like third grade? <laughs> well, no. We usually do it in we usually yeah, do it in the afternoon because yeah. that I gives me time what? to 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 you know edit it and then have the rest of my evening. That is so sensible. Yeah, I know. It's a sensible podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast thing, about being sensible. One thing I associate with you two: yeah. sensibility. And we've got with us a, the the most frequent guest. Mm. Yeah, because this is your fourth time, I think. Jesus Christ, is it four? Because you you did once with the both of us, and then I think you did two solo with me. Yeah. So this is Scott Benson, animator, video game tour. Mm-hmm. No longer a gem live blogger because they took it off of Netflix. Yeah, it's lost forever now. Video game tour is. <laughs> Let me update all of my bios on the internet. <laughs> Scott Benson, Scott Bomb. Sometimes I, when I think about you, I, I sing uh, the um, "They Might Be Giant" song, "Meet James Ensor," but meet Scott Benson. Internet's oh, favorite famous game animator. You know, as a 33-year-old uh, white guy of a certain, you know, uh, cultural background, that makes me so happy. <laughs> Are you saying that you hatched from an egg that was labeled "They Might Be Giants"? Basically, yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, the guy currently be... wearing a cardigan and uh, <laughs> and glasses. Uh, yeah, no, that, that you makes me... You currently look like John Flansburg. As someone who looks like a far less in-shape John Flansburg, uh, this is, this makes me no, very I'd say, happy. I'd say, I've, I've seen John Flansburg recently, and you're, you're about equal amounts in shape. Oh, okay. Well, he is, make... however, in his 50s, though. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe John and I can both get on like the same like exercise. I want to see you guys do a tough mutter together. That like horrible race where it's like it's like purposely shitty. Uh huh. Okay. The last time I was at a, a They Might Be Giants concert, and it's weird because I love they. I would say that historically, over time, They Might Be Giants is my favorite band. They were my first ever favorite band, mm-hmm. and they were my first concert. Mm-hmm. I saw them when I was ten. Nice. And Soul Coughing was the opening band. Oh! Yes. Yes. The People's Republic of Casio Tone. And then <laughs> I didn't see them live again for literally another 20 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw them shortly before my 30th birthday. Mm-hmm. And then I saw them again uh, on uh, New Year's Eve of mm-hmm. 2012 into 2013. And that was mm-hmm. when, because uh, they do a thing where they split the, the crowd into... They go, okay, split, you're going to make a space here in the audience, and half of you will go here, because they're doing the apes versus people bit. Uh-huh. And uh, and uh, because I had been, I am active on Twitter, and had been tweeting at the They Might Be Giants account, at one point John Flansburg pointed his um, big flashlight, and he was like, at me, and was like, I know you on Twitter. That's weird. <laughs> Man, John Flansburg's never going to know me on Twitter. Well, you just aren't uh-huh. trying hard enough. That's, you know that's true. I have I have done literally nothing to achieve this dream. So. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't just expect to like roll out of bed and and tweet about. No. Uh, I didn't know that you were such a marinocrat. Okay, Whitney. <laughs> Jeez. You say I need to pull myself up by my own bootstraps if I want John. More Black. like a mere twittocrat. <laughs> pull yourself up by your own tweet straps. Ooh, tweet straps. Ooh. Uh, are those masculine? Tweet straps? Yeah, I yeah. think that. Yeah, I think so. I think anything with straps. <laughs> Historically, no, but I can see what you're. <laughs> um, it's Easter. It's... Sorry, <laughs> I remember that, that was last the best transition of all time. Last year, Guys. it was Easter. It, Easter fell on four twenty last year because I remember what? that we recorded this podcast then. And we're making a lot of good blaze it and praise it jokes. Yeah, but this year it is just dumb old April. What fifth? Yeah, yeah. Wait, it fell on four twenty. <clears throat> How does I I don't understand how they determine when Easter happens. The liturgical calendar goes by the whim of the Lord, so you know. <laughs> a big finger comes down from heaven, or a bolt of lightning strikes a page a day desk calendar. Yeah, Scott and all the pages are burnt away until on the Pope's until, desk. Yeah, Scott is the most Christian oh, of any of us, so he could probably explain it better than I actually forget. I used to know, honestly. Um, I used to know all this, it's all this stuff. It's just liturgy and... that you used to know. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Click um, the. Um, <laughs> I, I, Guys... I used to know all of my like obscure church holidays too, like Monday Thursday. Well, um, I know when that is because it's the Thursday before Easter. I don't yeah. know what it means. I don't know what it's done. Then. Three Three Kings Day. Um, I haven't seen the movie Three Kings. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it was a, had a pretty profound effect on the apostles. I had I've heard that the movie Three Kings is pretty good. Yeah, it's as right. have I. Yeah. Um, I would like if if we could start doing parody, like like we've talked before about parody Christian rock music. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But if we could do parody lapsed Christian rock music. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, so that's what, just like Leonard what would that Cohen. Entail? We're Never mind. <laughs> What'd you say? I said it would be Leonard Cohen or like latter day Bob Dylan, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, um, I'm trying to think like what that would even, I actually, my old band, when I was in Christian bands, we definitely played with some Christian parody bands, um, that were terrible. I mean, is there such a good thing as like, other than like a few, like, I mean, someone like Weird Al, he's like made an entire generation spanning career out of it. Is there such a thing as like a really good parody band? I don't think so. No, I think it's Weird Al or nothing. Yeah. Uh, and in that, you're kind of just also getting like Weird Al himself, the person. Yeah, he, well, he also has has a solid, you know, like any given Weird Al album. Although I know he is escaping the album uh, system. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. <laughs> just this, your description is like Weird Al is currently escaping the album. The, the, well, the security like... of the album. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is like, recently he released an album, and he was like, yeah, this is probably the last album I'm ever going to release, because with what he does, since he's a, you know, a parodist, first and foremost, it it holds him back to have to wait on an album release schedule. Oh, yeah, 100%. I totally get that. And especially with with the way way culture moves, how fast culture moves these days, it's just like, no. When uh, when that happened, when he was saying that stuff, he was like, and the thing is, the kid, the parodist kids today, like a song comes out in the day, the next day, there's all these parodies on YouTube, and I was like, yeah, but those suck, Weird Al. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, nobody listens to those. Like, you're the what? king. <laughs> you're the king. <laughs> but I used to. Oh. I mean, this is this is to bring it back. Um, they might be giant. Like, I would say they might be giants was my first favorite band but weird al was my first favorite artist like when i was like (laughs) like seven or eight i had Uh all of his albums on cassette Mm -hmm. and watched like the complete al and uhf over Uh and over again i kind of thought you were framing that like you got into him later than they might be giants but it was he who introduced you to art you know like (laughs) oh i like this band first but then I discovered this artist named Al. <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic. Excellent accordion player. Yes. I'd love to see him live. I've never seen him live. I uh, The last time I saw the drummer, bringing it back around, from that Christian band with, you know, with whom we played with Christian parody bands, the last time I saw him uh, was in Pittsburgh. He stopped by because he was getting Weird Al tickets. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I'm sure I could see Weird Al. I just, that's something that I never think of to do. Mm-hmm. Why um, haven't you seen Weird Al, Whitney? I don't like I going to see dedication. live music. That's, yeah. That's why. Yeah. It's, it's come, I'm now in my, I'm moving. Uh, when do you, what do you guys think your mid 30s starts? Uh, I'd say 34 ish. Okay, then I'm not quite. I, there. Us- I usually go by like threes. Yeah, that makes sense. Because mm. I'm about to turn 33. Okay. I'm 33. Yeah. So for for a, a little bit, we'll be the same age. It'll be so great. We can get be great. You know, matching friendship bracelets that say 33. We can get our lordy lordy someone's 33. Wait, that doesn't work. <laughs> Mercy me. Mercy me. We're both 33. There you go. You, you can go to the uh... diner and get our 33 cupcakes. Oh. That's, that's how it works. You can be Jesus. I know it's, it's my Jesus birthday. I'm, I'm... Yeah. 
I definitely plan on making some incredibly, like, fairly offensive tweet when I turn 34 of like, well, beat Jesus. <laughs> in your face, the Lord. In your, in your, in your face, uh, Jesus Christos. Uh, guys, um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say I'm I'm turning 29 uh, in a, in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and I'd like to complain about that for a while. To you, please I just do. Want to say first off, I have a birthday present planned for you. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but you're gonna you're it's not a mean birthday present. It's a genuine. You're gonna <laughs> like sometimes when people say I have a birthday present for you, it's like oh no, but no, it's I'm gonna get you something nice that you're gonna like. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Do you normally, like, stab people for their birthdays or something? You're going to take me on a snipe hunt and leave me in the woods? (laughs) (laughs) I'm commissioning something. What? Is it a plaster cast of Scott's penis? Yes. (laughs) Great. (laughs) I didn't agree to this. You, You really know me. It's glad that we could reference that thing that happened on Twitter that... (laughs) <laughs> that no, yep. nobody... Because that I, refer, I referred cast. to the podcast as a P-cast. And you said penis cast. I did. I made a really funny joke about a penis. Yeah. <laughs> but you're gonna, would you please complain about turning 29? It's rough. <laughs> no, I feel like this is the first birthday that's happened to me where, like, I'm not, like... Like, the giddiness of, of getting a... Of having a birthday... That I I man I kindled like a flame in my heart since being a child when it was a raging inferno of unchecked egotism and madness, but now it's it's finally died out and this is the first year where I'm like I don't really want to talk about it, hmm. except that I am right now. To How you. do you feel? Okay, I feel like twenty nine is harder than thirty. I mean. I don't, I mean, it's not like, it's not terrible. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, you're talking to people in in their 30s, and uh, yes. uh, Scott, what, do you think your 30s are the best? Uh, easily. Uh, yeah. And Mark, uh, a while ago, Mark, you, you know I love you, buddy. A while ago, someone said the, the people who are, uh, I'm going to totally mess this quote up now. But, like, uh, the people who are so uh, worried about uh, their 30s are people who also uh, still look fondly back on uh, their teens. Um, is that is that accurate? Do you, uh, no, no, do you feel like you peaked in high school? No. Uh, okay. I feel like I maybe started digging in high school. And now, <laughs> now I'm deep in the Earth's crust. <laughs> I'm in the realm of the Mole King now, Scott. <laughs> when you when you started to say, Mark, uh, someone once told me, I was like, God, is he quoting me back in a way that's going to totally own me? But <laughs> I was, I was like, on is with with glued on dinosaur parts. Yeah. I'm in the center of the earth. That's a journey to the center of the earth movie joke. Everyone, all right. I haven't seen that. I have not seen that either. I appreciate Brendan Fraser, though. Okay. No, I appreciate him. I'm referring to the one from, like, the 50s or the 60s. <laughs> like, Saturday matinee on TV when I was, like, two back in the 60s. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I will say this, because Whitney, you and I have talked about this. Other people have talked about this. 30s are easily better than your 20s. Easily. Oh, yeah. There, There's just no contest at all. Um, and, I, and I think that's 
I, I think that's that's not just us saying that because like I don't know that any other deck. I, I don't know if my forties will be better than my thirties, for example. But there are concrete reasons why thirties are better than your twenties. Oh yeah. Um, that I think. Uh, for example, like in your twenties, there's kind of a pressure to kind of like find yourself in a certain way that. I don't think even necessarily you need to do all that often. Um, and by the time you're in your thirties, you are, you tend to be a bit more comfortable with, ah, oh, this is just me. Like, yeah. But by the time you're in your thirties, you get to kind of uh, stop giving a shit about a lot of stuff. A little bit in a good way. In a good way. Like, you're yeah. just like, this is me. I'm obviously, this is, this is who I am by now. I don't think you just kind of come to this calm acceptance of, I'm now in my 30s. I've been this this kind of person for 30 years. These aspects of me are probably not going to change. Just and maybe they up. aren't so bad. <laughs> Although tonight I did try to start learning Spanish. Yeah. Well, here's the here's the the flip side though. If you do pull off some sort of big life change in your 30s, it's monumental. It's You're huge. the fucking king. Yeah, you are you're you, you you're now the, the mole emperor. You, you sent <laughs> past mole uh, regular royalty and you're you're running the entire show at this point so. i've murdered all those moles that stood in my way yeah mole queen you left a bloody <laughs> path of moles all the way to that mole throne to that dirt throne at the center yeah. of the dirt kingdom um, yeah so that's kind of the cool thing like at this point like if someone asks hey scott are you into pop cultural thing i'd be like no and like it'll be like oh okay like when you're th- when you're in your thirties, like no one gives a shit. And here's what's yeah. great for me is that I I still associate with a lot of younger people, and I get to be looked up to as like the the elder statesman of, you know, the elder mole. Yeah, the elder mole. Mole prime. The the older and wiser <laughs> of of whatever dumb thing we're into, and and it's just like yes, I've I've been there, I've I've seen it, I mm. know, I have I'm... seen that. I'm involved in video games where the audience acts like screaming 10-year-olds and most of the developers are like 25 or so. Or there are people who are 40 and are like fabulously wealthy and successful. Yeah. Uh, so it's weird. Like, I'm kind of... Nice like, career path. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a weird-ass place. Um, actually, some of the audience is very, very nice. But... Um, yeah, so it's kind of weird. Like, in uh, animation and illustration, like, a lot of people are kind of, like, around my age. Um, in video games, there are very few people who are just kind of, like, getting started making their first game at age uh, 33. So, uh, Mark, I forget what you do. You do something with uh, advertising, correct? Or do you just work yes. for a production company? Or uh, I do uh, advertising post-production. So I'm okay. an assistant editor. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's, it's also a weird thing where I think also part of my problem is, is that I am firmly of the belief that like, like I'm around people in my industry who are like successful people who have like lives that I would, I would say I aspire to Mm. and, and they followed pretty much the same path that I am currently on, but I do not on any level believe I will ever like like have a savings account. <laughs> Do you not have a savings account? It didn't come with when we got our checking our joint checking. <laughs> See, you had to expend a tiny bit more effort. To get right, well, Mark, I just finished 
filing for bankruptcy and I have a savings account. <laughs> well, okay, well, no, we I have... don't have a savings account. I have a, a, a separate goal in my simple account that I... Yeah, we actually have a... We, we do have a savings... We have a separate ING savings account, but uh, I don't know any of the passwords to it. <laughs> does, it, is it does your wife take care of it? Uh, yes. Okay, that's good then. But, um, but like... That's, I think that's the good thing about getting married is that your wife will take care of it. Uh, yeah, you can split up uh, based on your on your uh, on your strengths and weaknesses, <laughs> different tasks. Yeah, I had to be like when I when I think about money, I just start screaming. Okay. So, so, so this is the big thing for me, guys. Is I <clears throat> I finally got in the mail the um, the actual piece of paper that says you are done with your bankruptcy. Ooh. The the discharge of debts notice. I and then I got an email from my. I will now say former lawyer that says, congratulations, you are done with your bankruptcy. Happy Easter. Oh, okay. So, you former lawyer makes this sound like there's like some salacious details. Well, just, well, now he's he was my lawyer, but now we are no longer in business together. Mm. My, yeah. I no longer need his services. I no longer require your services. Yeah. Um, see, so like... Yeah, I don't want to ask you all kinds of bankruptcy questions, but like I, I am so like I, I know so little about bankruptcy that no, other than I will monopoly, talk, I will talk all day about bankruptcy because it is well. This is uh, well, this is this is the interesting thing is since I I finished filing for bankruptcy is when I have started having the anxiety dreams about bankruptcy. Weird. Yeah, but no, I will answer. I actually just I gave an interview with Simple, which is my bank. Uh-huh. about my bankruptcy and uh they they uh, so we had this interview and they sent a photographer to take pictures of me to nice. to post in this interview and that was the most nerve-wracking experience of my life i understand <laughs> yeah. what it's like to be I, kardashian now i have the face of bankruptcy yeah well it's just like it, just like having a person say okay move this way move that way look at me move here move your eyeline here stand yeah. up on this thing get up on this thing mm-hmm. power pose cross uh-huh. your arms do this Let's go to buy. Hold, let's hold go to Lacoste and buy a shirt for you. Hold this and Getty's creepy infant. <laughs> That's what I, happened. It I made like... no sense. Why did they? I don't know why he had me hold that baby. <laughs> baby in a pumpkin. I was holding a baby in a pumpkin, and I was like, was, I don't understand. It was, one of those, this... it was a sheer shirt, but the baby was suspended uh, over your womb area. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah. yeah. The, and it, the, the baby. You know, the the pumpkin was covering my womb, and then the baby had, like, a little pumpkin hat on its uh-huh. head, and that and covered my nipples, and it was the all The photographer cute. was like, good, good. He's like, yeah, yeah. This is good. <laughs> so being professionally photographed is weird, guys. This is like a creepy baby thing. I like it. <laughs> Do you think that the parents of those babies that were... Actually, no, okay, if you're... I was going to say, do you think they, they got those pictures back and they were like, we could never tell our baby we put them <laughs> in this book. But then I was like, if you're a parent who like signs your baby up to do that, that, that picture was fucking framed over the crib. Yeah. Like, yeah. that kid knew that they were the baby in the pumpkin. And it's like, they hey, were baby, this baby. is why you're going to the really fancy preschool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you heard this completely fucked up picture. Well, this is like I I have a I have an, a baby niece. She's she's three and she's gorgeous. And I always want to tell my brothers like you should put this child into service as being photographed <laughs> for being a beautiful child. But... Into service. <laughs> put this make this kid be a model because she is so beautiful. But at the same time, I'm like no. Yeah, her... that's also a nightmare. 
I, I have known I have known parents who uh, had uh, their kids do kid model. Can you hear me stirring my cocktail? It was very good. Ice. Mm. Yeah, that's that's the that's the uh, the I haven't seen that difference when we record after dark. Is that Uncle <laughs> Whitney progressively <laughs> getting drunk? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, here's. <laughs> Here's my dream. I wanted Ann Getty's William Wegman team up. Who's William Wegman? Is he the guy with the Weimar honors? Or... He is the yeah. guy with the Weimar honors. I, I need that weird-ass, like, 80s... Just a bunch of, like, sleepy babies on top of, of dogs wearing, like, overcoats. With people hands? With people like, hands. With people hands darting around and, like, breaking eggs because the dogs are cooking for the babies. And the babies are actually in the cabbages they're putting into boil or something. Um, so yeah. I can't believe that that never happened. <laughs> yeah. That would have been like like uh, Borders just gold. My Ann Gettys William Wegman slash fic is going to be <laughs> massive. <laughs> the you would have been, been, been just killing it at Bookstar. <laughs> at, uh, yeah, at, oh God. I was actually going to try to bring up some sort of like '90s books uh, chain that doesn't exist anymore, and I literally could not remember. It any. took me a minute. Walden Books. Walden um, Books. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I like so. the idea that you'd see them kiss, and then it would pan away over a sleeping baby and a Weimarider eating a raw egg <laughs> <laughs> with people hands. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The. I like the William Wegmans thing because um, often I have a decent amount of, of furries who follow me, and when I see their avatar, I'm like, this is what the actual version of this would look like. Like, just, you know, like, you know, humanoid body with this with this dog head on it. We had we had exciting furry guests last week. Did we, you? We talked, did. About our, we talked about our personas. Uh-huh. Mark, did you decide on one? Yeah, I think, I think the long-term thing of mine is that my persona is a possum whose fursona is a Pine Martin. Okay. Is, is a that noble, kind Pine Martin. He's like, a trash animal who dreams of being something more. I'm Googling a Pine Martin right now because I actually don't know what one is. It looks like it should be riding a Dachshund and, like, doing, like... Oh, my goodness. Like, uh, it should be it should be doing cavalry charges. There's, there's a let me see if it's in if, if it's in the Google search. But there's a there's a Pine Martin in the Google image search. I think that just it it looks like it just looks like Mark thinking, is there more I could be doing for women of color? Because <laughs> uh, my original I my original call for Mark's persona was that he was a Pine Martin, but. Someone nailed it more that he is a he is a possum who wishes he was a Pine Martin. <laughs> Guys, I think my my human persona might be a bit too on the nose at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he's trash. He's trash. <laughs> You're not. He wants to be good, but he's innately horrible by genetics. <laughs> well, this um. is it. This is we we talked about this with the the Red Wall conversation. Is that none none of your your trash animal genetics mean, mean anything about. <laughs> Yes, whether it, God loves me. If you Google Pine Martin and then hit on the pet one, the first image is the one that makes okay. me think of. Audience at home, you can play along. Yeah, cozy as they come. Pine Martin's cuddle, and that's. The oh, one. I'm looking at this. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's the one that's Mark. 
worrying. That's Mark worrying about it, that he's not doing enough for women of color. Uh, Bethany, uh, uh, ages ago, told me that if I was an animal, I would be some sort of ground rodent. Uh, because they're uh, chatty and they like, uh, you know, putting putting things together and building things together. So, Like maybe a raccoon? I don't know. Hey, hun, do we have an actual <laughs> uh, ground rodent that was the decided upon one? Okay, actually, it's a prairie dog. Is what oh, I'm no, you're totally a prairie dog. Okay. Uh, yipping at intruders. Yep, 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 yep. Digging, <laughs> digging careful tunnels. Yeah, that seems uh, legit. Okay, yeah, I can see this. Yeah. I need that's to good, that's, that's complimentary, I'll take it. <laughs> which of my friends is a naked mole rat? Mm. And I decided on sheep. Okay. Yeah. Does that seem legit to you guys? Yeah. Sure. What sheep-like qualities do you think you have? I'm uh, fluffy and friendly, but I think uh, if you got me in a corner, I would just ram the shit out of you. Okay. Are sheep known for their aggression when cornered? Uh, well, I feel like you wouldn't. I mean, think about it. Like an angry. I mean, you wouldn't want to. Uh, well, I'm I'm a girl sheep with horns, and some girl sheep do have horns. Okay. This is a fact. I looked it up. Uh huh. Um, you you wouldn't want to be you wouldn't want to get a cheap angry. That's true. I feel like I'd just be more disappointed in myself. Yeah. <laughs> just like, what am uh, I? Who am I? Uh, who? What have I become? I'm just sitting around <laughs> pissing off sheep. Anyway, now that we're at the half hour mark, I uh, I want to say Scott. So I haven't seen any of the Souls series of games. Oh, Jesus Normally yeah. we, we might ask the guest, "What haven't you seen?" But you you've been on this show four times, and there's nothing left. You've seen everything. That's true. But um, uh, but I want I want you to tell us about the Souls games. Uh, Mark, have you are you familiar with these at all? No, uh, okay. I I cannot. I I'm bad at Donkey Kong, so. Uh-huh. Uh, so anything Are that, you sure like, you're 29? That's the reference you pull out? <laughs> I'm bad at Pac-Man, man. Well, no, because I, like, I was like, what's the simplest game that I'm shitty at? And, mm. and the original Donkey Kong, I'm very bad at. But that's basically, like, up is the command in Donkey Kong. Yeah, well, no, this reflect. I don't know if you've seen King of Kong. There, people have it down to an art. Uh, Donkey so. Kong's... Well, well, Mark is bad at video games. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but tell us about the Souls games. Okay, so the Souls games are kind of action-y RPG-type games in the sense that you run around stabbing evil monsters and stuff, and you get stats, uh, and as you go, you can upgrade your character in different directions, uh, hence the action RPG uh, genre. Um what makes these games kind of unique is that um, they have a lot of unique mechanics and they are known somewhat fairly, somewhat unfairly for being very obtuse and difficult, uh, which is only partly deserved. Um, but these are games that... Uh, so in the first part of Demon's Souls, which is the first one that came out in 2009, you are going through the tutorial part at the beginning of the game, where, you know, they're showing you the ropes. They're like, press X to do this and press Y to do that. Here's how you cycle through your items. Here's how you meet, 
you know, and talk to people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you come to a boss at the end of this, and you're like, cool, my tutorial boss, and the boss kills you. It's expected that the boss is going to murder you, because that's the next plot point, is that, you know, um, so you're dead, and you go to this kind of in-between space, um, and from there, you can actually continue with the game. The game starts with you dying, and it just saying, this is going to happen. It's going to happen a whole bunch, buddy. So kind of get used to it. As you go, uh, not, once you're dead, you've lost your humanity. Uh, so you're kind of this hollowed out ghost uh, person. A uh, soul, perhaps? Perhaps. Or actually, you lose your souls, plural. I Don't ask me to explain all this part. But um, And by killing monsters and folks and stuff, you get souls back, which you can spend to level up. And when you beat a boss, you become human again. So you, for a little bit of time, have all your full health back, etc. But at that point, part of the multiplayer is people can invade you and kill you and take your souls from you. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but you can also, in your human form, summon friends to help you. Uh, so you can lay down a little summoning sign and be like, hey, bros, I need some help. And someone might come and help you. Uh or someone might come and try to gank you. Or oftentimes you'll have both. And so it'll be you and a friend versus some horrible person. Because um, the people in these games that tend to do a lot of invading, kind of, that's their whole shtick. And so they'll find the worst items in the games. Like in Demon Souls, there are weapons that barely that barely damage you, but destroy your armor uh, that you have. Uh, which is very expensive to replace or repair in the game, if not impossible sometimes. Um, and there are certain levels, there are certain uh, weapons that actually take take levels off of your character. So you actually, you know, all of your hard-won hours and hours of work go down the drain because that person has that one item and keeps hitting you with it. Um, so it's just dicking each other. That that aspect of it can certainly devolve into it, Uh and but the thing is with the multiplayer, it's also and they've actually gotten better at incentivizing this to the extent that in the new game thus far it is extremely positive. Uh, the um, one of the big things you can do is so the games are difficult in the sense of like a lot of games um, at the moment are very much like we're trying to make combat super fluid so you can just, like, dash through and do all this now, stuff. Uh, basically, all I know about the Souls games is that you die a lot. Yeah. Um, and you do. Um, uh, it's That is part of it. Like The fact that that's all anyone knows about them is kind of sad, because the reason why folks like me like them isn't just because they're super difficult, because I don't play a lot of other games that are like, yeah, man, like... Go play a bunch of like you know, go die a bunch. Are you mad enough to do this or something? Uh, which is unfortunately how, how like a lot of people. Uh, are, do you have enough cell phone to do this? Um, yeah, this is uh, what is, has come for me. This has been my impression of it's uh, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, and Bloodborne. That's are those the three? There is uh, Dark Souls two, but that one. Oh, was, Dark Souls two. So we don't talk about that one. Oh, it's oh, okay. Oh, sorry. That was actually the one that uh, that kind of believed its own hype about being difficult, and there were definite parts in that game that were, like, just there to, to fuck with you. Uh, and and basically all I've known about these, this is this is my I haven't seen that, is that all I've known is it's just, like, this something that will just, you have to repeat 
things over and over again. It's sort of a, and I've gotten a kind of impression that it was sort of a bit of a roguelike kind of. Yeah, like it has it has elements of that in now, the sense that you lose all of your souls every time you. Now I want to interrupt, Mark. Do you know what a roguelike is? Yes, in the ter- in like, and I know it in terms of like dungeon crawlers, but it means that there there's permadeath. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. And then it's procedurally generated a lot of the time. Yeah. But I imagine that's not necessarily the case with these games. That they're... No, they have some elements, and the elements are mostly that you, um, that when you die, you lose, like, nearly all the progress you have made since your last uh, thing. So they have, the Souls games are very that's kind of... That's so stressful. They're, they're very kind of geographically based in the sense that you have to be at certain places in order to enter or exit a level. Like, you aren't just like, okay, I'm going to, like, pause and, like, you know, save my game, and then, like, you know, go. it's like, you can, like, you know, start and stop the game, and it'll respond you back where you were, but if you, to, in order to make it out with all of your souls, you need to go back to the beginning or the end of the area. To, in, um, in Demon Souls, it was, uh, these little, like, spawn point places. In, uh, Dark Souls, it was kind of famously these bonfires that kind of became, like, symbolic of the whole game and are, like, tied huge into the plot. Same thing with Dark Souls 2, and in Bloodborne, they're lamps. And so you actually, like, when you're going through, and it does get extremely stressful because it's that risk-reward thing of, like, I could keep going and get more, you know, get farther and get more items and get more everything, but I know that if I die, I'm going to lose all the souls that I got, and I really need these to level up and buy stuff and and just make progress. Um, but you have to do that if you want to actually get through the game. And so it makes these great moments where you're, you round a corner and you see a lamp off in the distance and it's just the greatest feeling of relief ever. <laughs> you're just like, oh, thank God. The good news is though that like, um, uh, what you, the, the worlds are very, uh, heavily shortcut based often. Um, at least, uh, yeah. So like, um, you'll, play for a very long time, but then you'll go and you're like, oh, you're like, oh, there's a ladder and it's asking me if I want to kick down this ladder. And you kick it down and you go, oh, wow, that leaves me right back to where the bonfire was. So next time I can just take this ladder up. Those stay no matter how many times you die. Um, and you keep your items. Uh, all the enemies respawn every time except for the bosses. Uh, so, yeah, it's like certain things are persistent, certain things respawn every time. And you kind of get into this rhythm, and there is a lot of repetition in it, but that's kind of built in. And for people who like it a lot, like me, it reminds me actually of really old like Mega Man games or something, mm. where like it becomes as much about memorizing the level and kind of finding your line through it. Yeah. Um, and and for, that's actually one of the reasons I love the games is because it's about kind of... You know, at the end of the game, you have, like, much better equipment and stats and everything, but the second time you go through this, you will just, like, whiz through a lot of it. Because because you've learned the rhythm. Yeah, and you have gotten way better at the game. Like um, I understand. Huh. I mean, I don't... I, this is something, I, like, I know in my heart I would not enjoy these games. I am mm-hmm. bad at... <laughs> dying a bunch <laughs> yeah yeah emotionally and I, know, and I know i know mark in particular is you've, you've talked about how you are bad at dealing with <laughs> repeated well, video like, game death. 
literally when we when we were talking like when you first started describing this i was like oh you die a lot maybe this would be the game to finally get me over my hang-up of dying a lot and then like as as the description <laughs> became deeper Unfurled. and more full i was like no, this would only increase my hang-up it kind yeah, of yeah. like it, it it makes you rework your notions of video game death as like fail states like, these ah. games are very much about learning. It's like, you will die. So the dying is part of the learning process. You didn't lose. You learned something. It's very heavy on that. Like, it's not like, oh, you failed, noob, or something, or, like, whatever. It's like, okay, what did you learn? Like, a lot of the times, yeah. it's like, oh, I went to this boss. There's zero chance I'm going to beat this thing the first time. The, the bosses are these huge, horrible things that seem impossible, but after a while, you'll figure it out. You'll figure out the trick to it. And that's kind of what's great about these games is that they're, um, again, for the most part, uh, extremely fair. Hmm. Like, you can, like, people do runs where they never level up and they just, like, punch things and, like, you know, and that's it. Uh, Because they learn the rhythms of it, they learn the behaviors and go through. Um, So it's not... It's not masochistic, but it's really exacting, and it requires a constant yeah. level of attention. And there's no pause button. Oh my god! <laughs> what? I never, never. Oh no. Yeah, there's no pause button. Um, in this? part because of the online thing, where like people could be in your world invading you. You could be. And there's no option to the online thing is. No, you can play offline, but the the thing is, you want to play online because, and I forgot to mention this. What's one of the more beautiful things about these games are the way that the multiplayer is set up. So I already mentioned the invasions thing, um, which are which can happen to you under certain circumstances. Um, usually, like in in the older games where you're in your like quote unquote human form and you have like more uh, life and health and are kind of like running around. So it's like a well, you're going, you're kind of exposing yourself by taking on this more powerful form. Um, in the new game, you actually have to be in certain areas or have summoned a friend already to have, uh, you know, folks jump in to try to gank you. But um, the biggest aspects of these games, multiplayer-wise, are um, as you go through, you can leave messages on the ground. Mm-hmm. And since these games are very, you know, exacting and can be very difficult and require a lot of, like, attention and memorization and thoughtfulness... it. Uh, like, all the traps that are in these games, and the traps are often one-hit kills, they're all visible, but you have to be paying attention. So, like, if you're just running through it, like, hacking and slashing all over the place, you're probably going to get killed. Like, that's just not the way that you can do these games. You need to, like, creep through a room and, like, look for stuff that's out of the ordinary or, you know, um, just get really, really great at dodging <laughs> quickly. But um, what you can do, though, is leave messages, and those messages propagate across all the worlds of all the different players, and you can be like, like, watch out for a trap or something. They give you a certain list of terms, so you can't generally get horribly abusive for anything. Um, and it'll be, you'll be like, oh yeah, watch out for ambush or something, or use bolt weapon for this or something. And so you go and start helping each other that way. Um, and and th- like, there's certain people that troll that they are like, yeah, take a step forward, and it's a cliff or something. <laughs> you you learn how to how to you know verify if this seems right you know uh when uh when you're doing it um and uh, one of the one of the great uh examples is often you'll just find messages that say like don't give up Aww. something and you're like dad because these games like are horrifying often like they're really 
you know, kind of mess with you. Like, they are really bleak, and some of the worst places in video games I've ever been. Uh, there's an area in the second, uh, uh, or in Dark Souls, which is the sequel to Demon Souls, and is kind of, like, considered, like, you know, you know, one of, like, the classics of the series. It's the, kind of the one that all of them get compared to. Um, there's an area called Tomb of the Giants near the end, and you are on your way to see this guy named Nito, the first of the dead. And the game barely explains its story. So you kind of just get to wonder like what the hell that means, <laughs> you know? Um, so uh, the tube of the giants is this pitch black area full of giant skeletons that can kill you very, very, very easily. And it's this kind of warren of tunnels that they're all in and you have to get to the end of it. And from the one bonfire, you kind of, most people end up just sprinting through the tunnels uh, so they don't have to, like, fight anything. They just, like, learn where to dodge and where to jump and where to turn left and right to get to the end. Um, I was in... This is... I had um, undiagnosed, like, bipolar for years and years and years and years. And playing that part was, like, incredibly resonant to me on some level. Because I was like, yeah, this is exactly what my life feels like right now. Um <laughs> And it actually was, like, part of me, like, going, like, okay, yeah, I actually need to get help. Like, I can actually do something about this. And so Dark Souls, like, figures into this, you know, hilarious, like, cliche, like, personal journey story. The last thing about the multiplayer is that um, when you die, sometimes um, the game kind of records your last few movements and leaves it as either a bloodstain or a gravestone or something on the ground. And people going through can click on that and see your last few seconds of life. And oftentimes that's very um, uh, helpful because you're like, oh, he ran to that corner and then got knocked over backwards. <laughs> I should probably like watch that. Um, but it also r- reminds you that like everyone else is like, is going through this with you. You're all mm-hmm. kind of like doing this together. And wow. it's some, it's sometimes it'll show you the, just for like a second or two, the ghost of another player mm-hmm. who is currently playing the same area, just like run past you or doing the same thing. And there's this kind of community thing that that comes out of that, where it's like, yeah, this is really difficult, but we're all doing this together. In the this is the last little thing before I'll shut up about it, like in in Dark Souls, one of the first things you you have to do, like really early on in the game, is you have to go and ring a bell at the top of a building, at the top of this cathedral. And when you're first playing the game, that seems impossible. And particularly in the early game, that's where everyone, you know, who plays it will give up if they're not going to go through it because it's just really difficult and exacting. Um, but what they do is every time someone rings that bell, it rings across everyone's game. Oh. So you're like, wow. oh, my God, someone made it. Uh, wow. And you kind of feel this, like, great moment of, like, awesome. Like, you know, that's so great. So, like, these games are difficult, but you never hear about all this other stuff that makes it these really kind of, I keep using the term beautiful, but these kind of really nuanced, delicate, satisfying. Yeah. And also just like life affirming. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like uh, from what I heard about it, it just, it seemed, I I never really uh, grasped the, the multiplayer aspect of it. Cause for me, it just seemed like this like exacting trudge of dying over. Oh, and and it can be that. (laughs) Certainly. I mean, you can't do that game like that. You're, you're making it sound interesting, but I still know in my heart that this is not a thing that I want to play. Mm. But you're you're sell, you're selling it to somebody. <laughs> I am I am a really good Dark Souls salesman. I don't play a lot of action games. I don't like a lot of kind of grim 
gritty like 3D action games. I'm bad. I I mean, this is I I consider myself. I would say I'm pretty good at video games. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know if I'm good enough for that. Mm. I'm not good at timing or blocking or. Like I would have that. said the same thing, but um, the, you kind of get molded by the game to being good by oh, the end. That sounds, like, that sounds dark. Yeah. Um. Now, have you, have you ever played the game, or are you familiar with the game, Shadows of the Damned? Uh, no, but I've heard of because I've heard that it's incredibly juvenile. Oh, it's <laughs> so, so juvenile. It's the one that it's made by, it's like, a, 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 uh, it's like the super group of video games. It's made... Okay. Like, the, the, the level design is by the guy who made Resident Evil, and the music is by the guy who did the Silent Hill music, and then there's, like, a third person who I can't even remember. It's it's just, it, and it's incredibly juvenile and, and so stupid, and it made me laugh so much, but it's, like, one of the most fun, like, <laughs> full-on fun games I've ever played. I played it, like, two times all the way through in, like, two weeks. Because mm-hmm. I did it once by myself, and then I went to a friend's house and was like, I'm going to just do, like, an exhibition match of this. Cause... Is this the game that that has the big boner sequence? It does. Because it, it's, okay. it's about... Uh, his name is, <laughs> is Garcia. I can't... He has some... He has a ridiculous name, but I, I know his name is Garcia. And uh, at one point in, in his... In, in his dialogue, he says, oh, I'm going to do it because I'm a Mexican, not a Mexican. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey Mark, a... is this selling you on video games? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just enjoying the ride, guys. Awesome. It's really fun. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's uh, by whoever made Resident Evil Four in particular, which in Resident Evil Four is like one of the most fun games that has ever. It's... Uh, it's a good one. And it's, uh, and the fact that it's called Shadows of the Damned—that's the most generic title that has uh-huh. ever yeah. occurred. <laughs> Well, from what I understand, from what I remember, one of the only things I remember is that um, he has a friend who I believe his name is Johnson or something. Am I correct? Uh, yes, it, according it, to the Wikipedia entry oh, I yeah. have it's, in front it's, of me. It's, it's um, Shinji Mikami who did um, Resident Evil and then uh, Suda51. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, who's... This makes sense. Known for being fucking bonkers. Yeah. And and then... Um, <laughs> Suda51, fucking bonkers. Yeah. And then... Um, uh, Yamaoka. The I, this is I actually bought the soundtrack of it on CD because that was the only way you could get it, and I got it signed by Akira Yamaoka. Where did this happen? Wow! It's just I, that's just how it came because this. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I think because I think so few people. Just it came in a beautiful like pink filigreed bag. <laughs> and that sounds signed. great. And it's just like this because this is what you just get. If it... oh, it, it's Garcia Hotspur is his name. Yeah, and I didn't even look that up. I just remembered it. Well, how could you forget that name? I don't know. Um, and yeah, he's I... got he's got a skull friend who uh, is on his gun. And there's a point when you are fighting. Um, you're in a in a sort of a it's it changes to a. Uh, a scene where you're, you know, fighting long distance enemies that are very large, and you have a huge gun, and it turns into your your gun becomes the big boner because uh, uh, your 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 friend the um, 
the gun is a is a skull, and so he's like, and so it's Garcia going, taste my big boner. If I remember correctly, doesn't he say that every time you fire it? He has some other mixed, some other things he says, but it's a <laughs> my lot impression of... of it was just taste my big boner, taste my big. Like, he says like, taste my big boner a lot, and but it fits with the game. It is, and it's it, it's completely on point. It's like it's the most juvenile. I mean, you go into it because it's it's incredibly juvenile. It's it sells itself no other way. It's like this mm. is a thirteen year old boy game it's so dumb but it's really fun mm-hmm. it's like, i like it's, it's you're so, you're affecting one of my favorite states right now which is the apologetically unapologetic which is the <laughs> like like i am not apologizing for this and i'm really kind of sorry <laughs> it's like this is it's offensive and dumb and like there's a whole part where uh, the first time i played it it's because you're you're chasing after your your girlfriend gets captured by this demon and uh, and there's a part where you know some evil version of her is chasing you up and down and it 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 took me forever to beat it Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just like it's just your your girlfriend in a in like a a skimpy uh negligee chasing you up and down and if she touches you once you die immediately how many times has this happened in my life every time Mark Johnson. Johnson is yeah. the name. Johnson is the name of the, of mm. the skull. There you go. I get it. It's a boner. <laughs> it's, it's Johnson. It's <laughs> hey, Mark, are you picking up on the subtle wordplay that's going on here? <laughs> it really, but it really, it's, it's just, it's something. It's so juvenile and so crass, and but it's, it doesn't aspire to be anything other than juvenile and crass, and it's really, mm. gameplay wise, absolutely fun. Mm. and great and it has great music and it's just just fun yeah is this on I pc mean, i'm um it was on playstation no i'm like at the, i'm at the wikipedia xbox I think 360. it's on okay. playstation and xbox okay i feel like also whenever i look at games like this it's like is there any possible way to purchase this game at this point <laughs> yeah in time um, and I feel like that's such a, that's, that's such a weird, like, like you, you never know. Um, yeah. although I guess if something came out for the PlayStation three, you should be able to get it for PlayStation four, right? Uh, nope. Uh, PlayStation four nope. is not backwards compatible. Wait, what? Fuck everyone. What? This is the problem with consoles and why I think they're eventually going to. Except, off. except, you know, God bless the Nintendo 3DS. It'll play any fucking thing. <laughs> anything. Literally yeah. anything. Put it in a choose-your-own-adventure book. It'll help you out. Um, it is. Do you want to play I, a Twine game? Play it on 3DS. Yeah, that's the only way to play it. I do. I'm always interested in like like in these games that when we talk about them on the show. But it's also one of those things that it's like like buying a console, like finding or putting together like a console is so far down on the list of four hundred dollar things that I want to own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, at like, this point, I think a PlayStation 3 would not be a $400 thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the thing, is, I, the thing about the PlayStation 3 is it's, I mean, for a long time, I didn't play video games for like a year and a half. and I But I use my PlayStation 3 all the time because it's a media thing. I watched, you know, Hulu and Netflix and stuff like that on it. 
So they're, that's that's the good thing about game consoles these days. Is they're more than that. They they're offer. expensive, dumb computers. Kind of. <laughs> like, the, the thing about PCs is they're not hooked to my giant television. Yeah. Uh, the thing Until is, the Steam like, thing comes out. I had... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It's funny. Everyone I know is like meh about meh. that one. Um, so like, I actually had no interest in the current generation of consoles. Uh, I says the guy who's releasing a, a game on PS4. But um, they don't just, worry. Like, we're const- an hour in. No one will hear. Oh, that's true. That's true. They all they 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 left off at Pine Martin. So, um, <laughs> but um, that's where we get them. Yeah, we started but, talking about our first. Wait, did did we talk about your persona, Scott? Did you bring it up? Uh, yeah, the prairie dog. Okay, you're uh, the prairie dog. Although okay. that was impressed upon me, I did not choose it. I like, well, I, I mean, feel like you can't. I mean, like you can. Like I had initially impressed upon Mark Pine Martin, but he found his own in time. So <laughs> you go through the the sacred ceremony. You got to know it in your heart. I mean. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't. You you have to choose your own persona. You can't. Mm. No one can choose it for you. As, as we established in the last episode, I I think I'm totally furry. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> has it has it come out? Yeah, that I'm I'm not just bifurious. <laughs> that you're are you gonna start going to cons? You're gonna get a fursuit? I would never. Seems... <laughs> that no not offense to anybody you? who's into that. Not my scene. I a, a convention of any sort seems like a horrible idea to me. Like if I wasn't making a game, I would never go to a video convention. Never. That sounds like horrible. I would. Well, just to hint at something, Mark and I might be at a future convention. Ooh. Yes. When would this convention be? Because now I'm wondering if I would be at that convention. It's in September. Ah, uh, damn it! I I was invited to that convention, but I don't know if we're gonna be able to go. Man, hey, audience, enjoy us talking veiledly about it. Yes, not to promise anything. Things are not on the calendar fully, but theoretically, there might be a convention in September. Who knows? And to save on costs, we might all sleep in a big pile like hamsters. (laughs) And then eat each other and like hamsters. Yeah, there's also that, like hamsters. This sounds good. This sounds like a good convention that I want to go to. I actually was at a convention uh a month ago at, i was at gdc the game developers uh convention and yeah, that sounded that great i heard that there were a lot of hug <laughs> yeah hug boxes so, this uh this gentleman who is associated with that uh wonderful gaming uh group gamergate uh was there and was giving a an, an anonymous behind the scenes you know like I'm here at like ground zero of all the horrible corruption, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, <clears throat> he walked into the area where we were showing our game, and he was like, "Everyone's like hugging each other here, and like ew <laughs> and stuff." Why? And like, and, like someone had like a someone had like a dog or something. He's like they all, all like walking like dogs, and like like it's like it's like many of them had colored hair, and you know they haven't put they haven't made the art to have earned that. <laughs> Something which I was wondering what level of artistry you have to hit before you can have you can discover manic panic or something. <laughs> um, but he then said, like, there are all these like hipster like social justice games that like looked like they were like trying to push some sort of message or morality or like had all these themes instead of good gameplay. Except for this game, Night in the Woods, that looked really good. <laughs> 
<laughs> you were singled out by some asshole from Game by of Gate. As... Some asshole thought that our game looked great. And I, and I was like, I'm, it seems like he has great taste. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I was like, oh, man, this guy who, like, you know, if he goes off and buys our game, like, afterwards, like, ex- like I'm like, you're going to be so disappointed by this entire experience. Uh, our game I, that is, like, wall-to-wall us talking about all kinds of shit. I um, feel like that's the one situation in which you would be okay with someone purchasing your game and being disappointed by it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you'd be like, welp, them's the breaks. Yeah, I... There was definitely a moment where there was, I think, someone after the Night in the Woods Kickstarter, which, uh, for those who don't know, was... Oh, Night in the Woods is the game I'm working on, audience, yeah. by the way. Um, we had a Kickstarter that ended up being fairly successful, and um, I made a video uh, kind of uh, poking fun at uh, horrible dudes on the internet, uh, which is actually back then a niche topic, <laughs> but um, <laughs> in uh, in 2012. Oh, but, is this your... Um... But I'm a nice guy. Yeah, nice, but... and so it it was it was supposed to be just this like funny thing that some of my friends saw, but That's then great. it got. I was friends with you for like four or five months before I realized that that was you. <laughs> I'm everywhere, um, but then it got posted on Jezebel, so then it became this huge deal, and I was getting I got like death threats for like months, and people were trying to like hack into my accounts and stuff. That was fun, and. Um, so someone uh someone posted it on YouTube because I post all my stuff on Vimeo because fuck YouTube and um the um and someone I remember replied like you know a couple months ago like oh this is the night in the woods guy I wish I hadn't backed that Kickstarter <laughs> and I was like whoop <laughs> too late research, for you dude. buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you just you just you just send a video that's it's that scene from Boogie Nights with with the guy rolling around in the bed full of dollars. Yeah, that's that's basically it. That's I'm a, like, you, I haven't seen fucking... I haven't seen Boogie Nights. I've only seen the like last fifteen minutes. Oh, so you've seen the penis? I've seen the penis. Oh, oh, I actually have only seen the bit with the guy like on the bed <laughs> with the dollars. I've just seen the "You're a star, you're a star, you're a star" bit. Um, big wait, so the penis is only in the last fifteen minutes? I it's in the so. last. It's the last scene of the film. It's it's the reveal. Uh, it's it, well, literally, it's the reveal because the, the entire thing is wasn't it like a prosthesis or something? Or yeah, was it it's, re- a, it's a big fake dick that Mark Wahlberg still has in like a a, a shadow box on his wall. <laughs> Although it's, since it's because it's it was not not made of fine material, it's probably all cracked and oh. God damn it. Cutting I corners. Have, I have so many sex positive people on my feed that I now know all about the materials you are supposed to look for and look out for. Oh, this, well, this was not intended for use. Uh, this was just uh, for wasn't it? prosthesis. Mm-hmm. He's a star. He's a star. He's a star. Um, I don't remember much about Boogie Nights other than because I saw it at the tail end of high school, I think, was when it was out. It was late 90s. And... Um, the Mark, they, they had high school back in the 90s. Uh, the 90s were a wonderful time uh, full of high school. But um, the um, I just remember it being really depressing because it was one of those, like, you know, last gasps of disco before everything went horrible in the 80s, apparently, uh, movies. Of which, like, I've seen several that kind of are like, we had a really good time there for a couple years in the 70s when it was just everyone doing coke and dressing terribly. Um, 
And then the eighties came. Womp, it's womp. also funny because I I yeah. feel like there's a generation before of movies that are like, man, remember like the late sixties, early seventies before everything went wrong and then disco happened. Yeah. <laughs> um I grew up on Happy Days reruns, so I'm like the fifties seemed cool. For everyone. Everyone <laughs> Everyone pictured in the in Happy Days. <laughs> <laughs> the notable exception of everyone else. Listen, I also liked Archie comics, so I had this. The very... Archie comics are very uh... progressive now. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard about this. I heard Archie died for for the sins of the homophobic public. In it didn't Archie take a bullet for his friend when he was being shot by a homophobe? I think so. I believe that's what happened. That sounds which... legit. I, I like the kind of plot I would I would never write. So I'm like, this really just feels like me. Like, this is this feels like me. Like, you know, not necessarily helping a cause and more me working <laughs> out my liberal guilt. Archie but... is basically the comic book version of Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is yeah, that's totally one of that's that's right on. It's like, oh, oh. this is the gay marriage issue of Archie. Mm-hmm. It's like what's what's uh what's hip with the teens? Yeah, uh, taking bullets for friends. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I yeah, I have this great like like soft spot for Archie comics for some reason, and I was like never huge into them, but for some reason, whenever I see like Jughead, I'm like, yeah, man, you got the right idea. I, oh, he I, does. My experience with it was like the Betty and Veronica specials where you would like draw your own fashion design kind of thing because uh-huh. I'm a girl. Uh-huh. Way to be gender normative there, Whitney. Jeez. I'm sorry, I was eight. <laughs> I didn't know better than to not like fashion. I didn't know not to be a girl. <laughs> yeah, jerk. Um, but uh, uh, speaking of uh, diversity... I have spent the last 24 hours watching the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, yeah. I've That's watched it. four Fast and Furious movies in the past 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And I regret nothing. Yeah. <laughs> the entire feed this weekend seems to be doing this. Uh, well, cause, well, it's because um, Furious 7 just came out. Uh-huh. And there was a, a, a tweet that uh, I believe uh, Emmy... I can't. I don't remember how to pronounce her last name. Sisarnega. I don't. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm fucking it up. MEC. MEC. Yeah. MEC. That's just. That was basically like all of the Fast and Furious movies are like, you're my best friend. Explosions. We're best friends forever. We're family. Oh man, Explosions. that's my life. And I'm like, I want that. Yeah, that's. This is your best life now. <laughs> that sounds great. And so. Oh. And and everybody, everybody talks about them as like the best movies. And I do I, they? Yeah, they legitimately yeah. do. Yeah. They for real, real do. And uh, I, and I decided, okay, I'm I'm gonna get in on this and and start watching the Fast and the Furious movies. And I have not been disappointed. They mm-hmm. are great. Okay, so here's the thing. When the Fast and Furious movies first started coming out in, like, the early 2000s, <clears throat> I was like, this looks relentlessly dumb and macho. Like, just to the, to the like, it could not have turned me off more. Uh, 
And then, like, one time, uh, so I, I saw Fast and Furious 1, I think, uh, when it was on HBO, the one year we had free HBO. <laughs> and um, and then one time we were stuck in a hotel room and we watched Tokyo Drift, the TV edit version of Tokyo Drift. Um, <laughs> They're PG-13 movies anyway, I don't know. Uh, uh, so, and again, just relentlessly dumb. Like, just absolutely, like... I don't even necessarily mean that in a bad way, but like my impression of these movies was that these are like the most broy and in a bad way movies ever created. Uh, can you can you can you uh, put me off that impression? Here's the I, I want to uh, Emmy Cisariga. There you go. Who uh, 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 Neil Cisariga is is her brother. She and he has done many great things for the internet. Um, but what was crazy about when I was watching when I announced I was watching these movies is that I have a friend who is very uh, fandom inclined and she was dead out shocked to learn that I was not watching the Fast and Furious movies for slash purposes. <laughs> okay. I can I, see this. I had no clue. I had, I had never heard that these were, and I, I like, I was watching them. And I was like, there's a lot of cute fellas having intense, experiences experiences with each other i could see it but no this was that had never filtered into my experience that this was i had only learned about this she was like how have you like the, she she was saying that the only reason she had learned about these movies was from slash fangirls and i'm like i've learned about like it's only been normies yeah <laughs> it's only the muggles yeah muggles have been telling me that these movies are great and that uh, and like the by you know, far and and large, you know, wide and everything that that has just been completely normal people who don't care about fictional people kissing. They do care though in their heart. You know? <laughs> like everybody, everybody deep down in them does care. They, they, I they feel do. like Deep Space Nine has made <laughs> me care. Like way, <laughs> I feel like that show is like a pill. To get you very intensely in, like, I I feel like if you're a reasonable person, you watch it, and at a certain point, you're just yelling at two men to kiss already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and so, and I feel like it, it, it'll open up worlds to you. Mm-hmm. It's basically LSD, but for, for men kissing. But this is it. This is, I had, like, everybody <laughs> who had recommended, everybody who had recommended the Fast and Furious movies to me had, was a completely... Not fangirl person did not. This was not coming from the the viewpoint of there are dudes in this that you might want to kiss. It was the this is just a great movie, mm-hmm. and you should watch them. And so that's how I watched them. And only like like two or three in, it was just like a, oh I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like yeah this is kind of gay. Your eyes have been opened. Um, I'm like yeah so- I could do that, but no I, I'm 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 in it I'm in it. Um, Pure. Okay. So is this like, from what I understand, the Fast and Furious movies have kind of, I don't know if they started out this way, but they have definitely become just like, let's get all of our friends who would be in this movie to be in this movie. Uh, like, isn't like The Rock in it now? Well, I've only seen the first four. Okay, spoilers, but I believe The Rock <laughs> is in it later. Yeah, he's in... I think he might show up in, in Fast Five, which is the next one on my list. I just read something on the internet that Helen Mirren wanted to be in a Fast and Furious movie and has now been confirmed for Fast and Furious 8. I don't know if she's... I, I mean... 
Well, I, I see. I don't know if, it, if Fast and Furious Eight has been confirmed, because mm. I, I I have heard a lot of people talking about how fast about how Furious Seven is the end, because since Paul Paul Walker unfortunately passed away, mm. that they're not really that there's you know maybe they're gonna do spinoffs with mm-hmm. some characters, but yeah, it's kind of like that that Furious Seven was kind of closing the the door. But, yeah. you know, it makes a ton of money, so it probably will. It, you don't want to mess with that with that overarching narrative either. Because the, it yeah, would this, really ruin the, it. The tweet, the tweet that in, from Emmy Cicerigo is, Fast and Furious movies are unique in that every, ever scene, every other scene is characters being like, you're my best friend, explosion, we're family, you my BBF. Oh, see, BFF. this sounds nice. This yeah. is like... And that's, yeah. and that's like, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm told, and I, I've, since I have watched... And and two and three aren't even in the overarching canon so much. Uh, but, is that Fast and the Furious Gaiden or something like? <laughs> well, okay. Here's here's how it goes. It's the Fast and the Furious. Okay. And then it's too fast, too furious. <laughs> that I remember. I remember that being in the theater and just like rolling my eyes out of my head whenever I passed the theater. So. You're a fool. Because it's great. It's Tyrese. <laughs> okay. Tyrese and Ludacris, and it's great. All right. And uh, and then there's The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, mm-hmm. which I watched this afternoon and enjoyed immensely, mm-hmm. especially because it, it, there's an overarching theme in these movies of white guy shows up and gets humiliated. humiliated. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that all the time, especially in, in, in Tokyo Drift, where it's like, uh, I'm I'm really used to the anime archetype of uh, I'm late to school and I'm the transfer student, but this time it's a guy from Alabama and everyone is humiliating him. <laughs> I'm okay. like, yes. So are these are, are these live action anime? Is that uh, what you're saying? A little bit. Tokyo Drift is a little bit that. And then mm-hmm. after that, the fourth film is Fast and Furious. There's no no more definite the, articles. Yeah. It's just At that point, they, you, the people who make it, they have to be in on this, right? Well, they have to go, <laughs> yeah, this is the dumbest thing we have ever, this is the dumbest decision we could have possibly made, and we're going with it because it's yeah. glorious. And then it's, and then it's Fast Five, uh-huh. and then it's Fast and Furious Six, and then Furious Seven. Okay. Huh. I even watched the huh. film <laughs> that, that, that is uh, the prequel to Fast and Furious. <laughs> written and directed by Vin by Diesel. Uh-huh. Oh, I just want Vin Diesel to pick me up in his big strong arms and hold me and tell me, <laughs> hey, it's going to be all right, little buddy. <laughs> we have to do it like way, way lower than that. I can't. I can't yeah. do that. I, I need testicles. <laughs> my, my, um, my understanding of these movies was that it was similar to an Expendables type thing in the sense of like, they would add uh, people that would would be like, oh, of course they're in this. That makes perfect sense. It, it would seems be in no, like there. Ha- it doesn't seem like very stunt castingy. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm only four in. I think. I think maybe. I mean, I can't speak for Fast Five or later on. It's the Macho Man Randy Savage resurrected driving a tank. That's oh, all. Oh, snap into it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking, like, if, if this was one of those, like, ensemble casts where they just keep adding people that, of course, would be in it, this could be, like, you know, the super broed out version of Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> where it's like, oh, of course you're in this. What I think is, is that it's, it's, it's a, like, all these people keep coming back for these movies. And it's, so it's, it's this, like, family kind of thing. 
you're my bro. You're my family. Yeah, yeah, you're, you know, you're my, you're my BFF. Yeah. These are all sentiments I can get behind. These are all good things. I'm um, a big sucker for any of the, the, the found family, the, you know, we're best friends through, you know, we love each other. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Um, I hate those. I hate families. <laughs> Biological family or nothing is what I say. And I used to be scared of cars. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Thank you for following my (laughs) I don't know why that was my response. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you you for being being up to date on my canon, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a foremost expert on Whitney Cannon, it's true. Um, you read the wiki. You you have the Wikipedia entry for me, right? Open right. I've now. edited. I've gotten into endless <laughs> fights on Wikipedia. I over used to be books. very afraid of cars. True. Due to the fact that I was in a car accident that nearly killed me, mm-hmm. and uh, it was uh, just a, a little over fourteen years ago. Hmm. And uh, but but then I decided uh, I I declared twenty fourteen the year of getting over it, mm-hmm. which only worked. A little bit. The the first half of the year, I was good at getting over it. Last half of the year, not so great. But uh, in order to get over my fear of cars, I watched like eight seasons of Top Gear mm-hmm. in like a week. <laughs> nice. So now I'm just, I'm fine with cars, but I'm terrified of Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> <laughs> You're terrified of right-wing British men. Ter- um. I'm terrified of I mean, that's... rude Sasquatches. Yeah. yeah. That's reasonable. <laughs> Rude Sasquatches. Um, Rude Sasquatch, Christmas Elf, and beautiful older lesbian. Is that who's in Top Gear? Those are the hosts. I have never, ever, ever, ever seen Top Gear. You haven't seen that? No, I have not seen Top Gear. Well, nothing about it. I'm not really that into cars or, you know. Well, this is it. I, I was anti-into cars, and I was encouraged to watch it. For, it's like, oh, you don't need. Friends told me you don't need to like cars to watch Top Gear, and I tried to watch Top Gear, and I was like, this is terrible, and it was boring, and I hate it. And then I tried again, and I was like, okay, it was part of a a, a medicament. It was a, a medicament. Yes, it was, it was that, medical. Okay, is that? I, I was like, is that an actual word? Is this a portmanteau? Medicament is a word. Okay. I know because it was in. Uh, oh, here's the thing. Have Have you ever played? Deadly Premonition. No, but I'm aware of it. And someone bought it for me as a present on Steam, and I have not played it yet. See, that's the thing. I, I honestly think people shouldn't play Dem- Deadly Premonition. They should just watch Super Great Friends Let's Play. Okay. Because he's a guy who he has played that game in and out. He knows every inch of it. Mm-hmm. And, and so he, it's not like the Let's Play where it's like, the kind of let's play where it's like I'm just discovering this at the same time you are and yelling We're at doing the camera this... a bunch. Yeah, and I like that to a certain extent. Well, it's a, uh, a cute boy who's afraid, mm-hmm. as we've discussed in previous episodes. <laughs> do, you, do, do you like fear in your men? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I love a frightened, handsome boy. I, lo- um, I like a good frightened dude. Yeah, but uh, he he knows. Uh, Super Great Friend knows Deadly Premonition inside and out. He knows every inch of the landscape. And mm-hmm. so when he's playing it, he's showing you every possible 
aspect of that game. He is showing mm. he's he's one hundred percenting it, and he is really deliberately showing you like each episode, each each episode of it, each you know hour long, forty five minute long thing is like here is everything that you could know about it, mm-hmm. and here's I'm showing you everything in the perfect way. Mm-hmm. I've watched I've watched the full playthrough, and it's like. 20 30 hours twice and it's so Jeez. and he's uh, and he's so and i and i also own the game and i've played it a bunch mm-hmm. and it's a weird hard game it's not good <laughs> it's not good to play mm-hmm. it's not enjoyable to play at all it's really the like uh, apparently uh sweary is the name of the developer uh sweary mm. 65 and he he didn't want combat in the game at all and uh he was right because the combat in the game is shitty. It's mm. really unpleasant. Um, My impression of the De- of Deadly Premonition was that it was kind of supposed to be ironic on some level, of no, like, no. Of, of like, oh yeah, this is, is it, isn't this kooky? Isn't this like a kooky ironic send up of like uh, Twin Peaks or something? That was my impression of well, it. Here's my thing: is I don't think Japanese people can do irony. My God! Whoa! Opinions of Whitney do not reflect the opinions of Scott I don't Benson think I don't think Papa. irony as we know it, as we Western people know it, is is something that Japanese content creators do. You you don't think it, it's a cultural thing as, as much as I don't is, think but... so. No. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know enough about Japanese culture to weigh in on it, but yeah, you yeah. guys are going oh ho ho, but. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I don't, like, I don't think Western irony is something that translates to Japanese shit. Okay. Um, yeah, the um, my impression of it uh, was what was that? What it was? That it was that? So like, I kind of like it's difficult for me to play stuff that is kind of bad knowingly. Um, you know, and my my impression of it was that it was kind of like a knowingly, like a winkingly not very good game. Uh, but I have it, and I do a a somewhat weekly stream with uh, Soha Karim called Trash Cake, which you can find uh, by following me on Twitter. Um, uh, and people have suggested we play that, and I have never really pushed for it because of my impression of it being it's kind of, really like, not enjoyable to play. It's uh-huh. not fun to play. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And something that's, I think it's a great game. I think Deadly Premonition is a great game, but it is really not fun to play. <laughs> uh-huh. Is it because there's the, there's a story in it, and there's such a there's so many weird character things in it, and like I'm just like, please just watch Super Great Friends Let's Play because he has he milks he he knows all the places he loves this game more than. Mm-hmm anything and he knows mm-hmm. where to go and show he will show you every every inch of it every ounce mm-hmm. of it and it's beautiful now i want to go now i want to go do this you have yeah. sold me on this. yeah super super great friend and his let's play of it and and i i am not a huge let's play person i i i get really uh, this is i i'm just a control freak and i get really fussy about not being the person in control of video games. So mm-hmm. there's very few people that I enjoy their Let's Plays, and it's pretty much mm-hmm. Super Great Friend and Markiplier are my only people that I consent to. Uh-huh. But... Markiplier looks and sounds like a member of Real Big Fish. Um... 
<laughs> like, every time I see him, he's like, well, hello! <laughs> Look at my very, very sculpted facial hair. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I actually, yeah, that's the same, same thing as, like, I can't watch Let's Plays. I tend to watch it for, like, of just, like, people I know on Twitter. So, like, I watch Stream Friends, which are great, like, universally pretty awesome. Um, and uh, just kind of chill, because I also don't get down with, like, the kind of, like, morning drive time radio <laughs> style of Let's Players as much. That's the problem um, with so many Let's Players is that they're horrible. Yeah. They're nightmare people who say off awful things. Yeah. To 12-year-olds, kind of. But then there's, like, a lot of yeah. really cool ones. Like, that's kind of the thing. Like, but they're kind of buried, because as is usual, like, the stuff that's kind of, like, the, you know, stuff that's, like, aimed at kind of, like, the lowest common denominator is ubiquitous. Um, but look at me. I'm getting, like, all artsy about Let's Plays here. But <laughs> like, You know, at this um, point, at this point, it's I think it's fair, too. Because, I think it's totally like, warranted. It is Because, like, like isn't the PS4 deal. kind of built for it? Yeah, it is. I'm yeah. actually probably going to do some streaming at some point. Um, I did a little bit last year, but it's really... T- I have had a hard time getting it to work on my computer, but like, uh, yeah, I would, uh, I, I would really like to to do that. Like when Lost Constellation came out, it was cool because um, Lost Constellation I, being a game that Scott. Oh yeah, uh, this is uh, the team working on Night in the Woods. We made like a little tiny game that you can buy on itch.io or just Google search Lost Constellation. But um, or you can get it for free. Either way. We love you either way. And so... I got to... you, you nerbs. <laughs> yeah, nerb. <laughs> what the hell is a nerb? I love it, though, and I'm going to use it all the time. Get <laughs> fucked, nerb. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I got to watch, like, a lot of Let's Plays of it, which I, at first I was really scared about, because it's like watching someone, like, grade your term paper in, like, <laughs> time. Uh, and so you're like, oh, this is the part where they get stuck, and they're like, man, who designed this? You're like, it was me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, so I got to watch, and there was like a lot of really cool, thoughtful, awesome people. My impression of of Let's Players before then had been mostly, you know, dudes screaming horrible shit at the camera, um, yeah. and like being wacky and stuff. But like, no, there was just a lot of really cool, nice, thoughtful people who uh, who actually had like interesting things to say about the game and that kind of stuff. And like that kind of interests me um, a lot more than a lot of what I see. The funny thing is though, that because um, YouTubers are becoming such a thing within gaming, like like a month or two after the Kickstarter, we had people emailing us going like, hi, I'm a popular YouTuber with 5,000 subscribers or something. Uh, you, uh, you should send me 10 codes for your game and I'll promote it for you. And I'm like, why do you need 10 co? Oh, you're going to do giveaways on your ch- channel. This is for you to sell. No, absolutely not. It's never going to happen. Only 5,000? So yeah, yeah, I know. Come on, <laughs> man. you got to, like, get over a couple hundo there. But, um, yeah, so it's weird. It's like a whole new world at the moment with that. Uh, in both good ways and bad, obviously. Like, anytime there's, like, a huge rush to something like this together there's also like a lot of like hugely shitty people who are involved but there's a lot of really cool really nice people i've gotten to know through it over time there you go i feel like i just ended like like a like an official statement (laughs) i do not like i do not dislike let's players i think they're nice (laughs) well some of them have to be that's true statistically there are so many at this point uh 
you know, at this point, like, honestly, it's like if you go on, like, when I'm, like, looking up a game for some reason on YouTube, it's like I will have to actually probably go through, like, a couple pages or a couple, like, results of just endless, like, Let's Players going through it uh, before I can actually just see the game itself. Yeah. Says, says, says old man Benson yelling at the cloud. <laughs> um, yeah, something that <clears throat> something I've talked about with uh, friends is that uh, I have a group of friends that have been like my solid group of friends for the past like 15 years. And we've now, you know, some of us, you know, we've, we've scattered to the winds and, you know, it used to be that we'd all gathered together and like all play a video game together, be it, mm. and, you know, crack jokes about it. And, mm. you know, the dream is that I could, you know, stream it on my PS4 or whatever. And, and then we all have have headsets on and can still all crack jokes, even though that some of us are in Texas and some of us yeah. are wherever. Mm-hmm. So it's exciting for me in that ex- a- aspect to be able to consider that, you know, to, to have the fun of playing a video game in a group, but without actually having to be there. I think there really is also a um, kind of an underappreciated thing of some people just like watching other people play video games. Like, yeah. Bethany really likes watching me play games. Like, um, yeah. my, like, there's a lot of people who just enjoy being yeah. around playing games and, like, commenting on it and watching it. And I think that that's, like, the huge thing with, like, Let's Play. is because people are like, well, let's just play the game. And it's like, because this, this these are completely separate experiences. And I, I hate it. I can't stand watching. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, give me I the controller. I can do there, it there, better. There's certain games that I'm, I'm cool with it on. Um, and they have to be like, you know, like a person that I'd actually want to like spend time with. But, um, for me, it has to be like, I have to enjoy your personality as you play the game. mm -hmm. It has to overwhelm it. Well, you can wait for me to start my let's playing empire. Have you watched uh, me and Soha stream at all? You would probably enjoy it because it's just, (laughs) no, I haven't because Bioshock Infinite. Uh, oh no, we finished that. Okay, that's, that's over. Well, I didn't watch that because it's so violent. <laughs> oh yeah, well, Soha's <laughs> picking out the games mostly, and you know, let's just say right now we're playing advanced, we're playing Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Um, well, this is this is the thing that happened to me, is happened to me that I made happen to me, is that uh, I was a vigorous video game player, and then I played uh, Spec Ops: The Line. Oh, yeah. And then I broke myself, and now I no longer want to play shooty games where people die and are covered in blood. Mm. And I haven't, and it's been like two years. <laughs> you, you're missing out on such a rich cornucopia well, of human like suffering. Like, I, like the, um, the uh, DLC for Mass Effect 3 came out. That's mm-hmm. like the Citadel where everybody like talks and chats and you know, f- fulfills all your fandom dreams. But there's such a small amount of shooting in it that I have never been able to get past it. Really? Because I can't shoot in games anymore, because I'm just like, I got... And yet, and yet I've been playing Dragon Age for... Oh, so you can stab. I can stab. That's... I can stab... Huh. I can stab not orcs all day. And it's even then, even then, sometimes it's like, I have killed, like, like 70 million bandits. <laughs> these, all, these, all these bandits they had families and at still least it's all, games. it's all like undead <laughs> all these bandits had mothers 
Oh, bandit mothers, probably. They probably learned it from them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, They're in a cycle of bandits. They were at the teat when their mother first robbed a gentle of their coin purse. But even then, like, and you, leered even at then, their woman folk. Especially in Dragon Age 2, because it's like, it has almost no, because it was very rushed to production and <clears throat> has, has like no enemy variants. I'm like, oh my god, I've killed so many bandits. I've killed so many thugs. Is it's just it's just endless Dude, piles of. I've just killed like a hundred dudes a day. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't feel good about it. I have a hard time, but I actually I don't have a lot of empathy for game characters though, like uh, that aren't written in a certain way. I just feel like ugh, like so it's like Spec Ops like doesn't work for me because I'm like this is I found it incredibly manipulative like and it's well, yeah, like because it is I, I, I'm like yeah bro yeah like I'm fully 100% aware of this and you're incentivizing these mechanics and then coming back and going uh-uh you shouldn't have done that thing you just did and I'm like you're making money off of this like you're not allowed to step out from behind the screen at the end and go see don't you feel bad for making this thing I sold to you for like playing this thing like I felt that it's more morality was a bit more like you're trying to have your cake and sell it too. Um, it, it, type still, of thing. it still completely ruined my brain forever. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like I say that, but I know that a lot of people were really affected by it. So I don't. I don't want to downplay that at all. Like it definitely did affect some people quite a bit. Um, so I'm just heartless. And I also played it. I also played Spec Ops: The Line like three weeks after the Sandy Hook shooting. <laughs> oh well, Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. That, that that'll do it. Yeah, um, I'm like, nope. <laughs> That'll I don't do it. Fire any guns. I've been sitting here playing Hotline Miami on my Vita the entire time, and I don't <laughs> feel bad about Hotline Miami though. Like there's certain things, like there's a level of abstraction, but at the same time, like um, like I said, I don't feel a lot of empathy for characters in video games that are set up for you specifically to like. I don't sit and wonder about the digital life of these people that have no digital lives at all. Like these are like I don't. This is actually why I'm bad at things like fan fiction or fandom. I, I don't imagine these things as being anything other than yeah, this like. Is, this is, this is, since so, I am such a like a fan fiction kind of person that I like, when I kill twenty dudes in Dragon Age Two, I'm like, uh, where do they come from? Where do they? Uh, I start just getting uh, upset at the creators for not doing that. Like oh, I, I'm true. like, yeah. So like, it's funny. We both get upset at the same thing, but for totally different reasons. <laughs> like you, you feel empathy for these characters. I just get annoyed at the, at the developers that they did not put anything to empathize them. Well, I that's, guess. that's why you're the game dev. That's true. Well, I haven't actually released, we haven't actually released our, our big game yet. You so did release a, a game. Credit me too. Yeah, it's true. We yeah. released uh lost constellation. So, yeah. I like whenever anyone's like, oh well, you know, you're you're the one who's releasing the game. I'm like, we haven't released it yet. Don't don't say it. You'll jinx it. <laughs> like it hasn't happened yet. I'm afraid. Um, you need me to meow in it. That's true. Yeah, we're still not we're still not certain what we're doing with voice acting. But if we need meows, <laughs> you're like my number one go-to meower. Mark, yeah. do you want to you want to meow in our, our, my video game? I don't know, man. I don't know if I can bring it. <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> Well, this no, is are saying, there any sick or dying cats? No, just saying the word meow. Just yeah, saying, th- this, like, this meow. would be saying the word meow, not actual meowing. But thank you for that. That was lovely. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you could be a sick cat. <laughs> you know who I do feel empathy for, speaking of which? I was watching Over the Garden Wall recently. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, which I love. It's like perfect. Mark, and, have you uh, seen that? I have not seen that. Oh. That's not Mark, the catchphrase. 
<laughs> I have not yet seen that. Um, <laughs> Say it right. I uh, haven't seen that. Thank it's, you. You should go watch it. Uh, I don't even know how to pitch it. It's just glorious. It's all these yeah, like I've... late late nineteenth century, early twentieth century influences from like folk tales and just like culture at the time and all. It's this very different... like early animation, good times. Yeah, it's there's a point in like the second or third episode where they're playing like old cat, old cat or something, and like. They he has to go find an old cat, and they found one, and it's really old, and it's just like, oh, and he's like, I'm sorry, you're too old, and I feel really bad for that cat. <laughs> like I like seriously have skipped past that part <laughs> rewatching it. It reminds such, me. Such some empathy. of the episodes remind me a lot of Emily Carroll stuff. A little bit. I can see that. That kind of like, especially the second episode where it's the spooky harvest. Hmm. Uh, the Anti Whispers episode was the one that reminded me of of her work. Yeah, it's just kind of like it. Uh, like I had a friend who who doesn't care for spooky things who was asking me, it's like it, you know, as I watch, it's like, is it, you know, too spooky? And I was like, no, no, it's not. It's not very spooky. It's just, but it's it, but it's, it's more. Sp- it's more Halloweeny spooky. It, yeah, it's Halloweeny. It's very yeah. atmospheric. Yeah, Mark, you should go watch this now. Yes, you should. You should totally go do yeah, this. Yeah, you can get it all on. I know. I know. And Amazon for like a. There's, there's it's so not many a video game. Put into my brain. I'd say put this in before the Fast and Furious movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, you can get all of uh, all of um, over the garden wall in your head. You um, know what I want? Do you guys remember Batman and Robin? No, do wait, not that. Yeah. Not Batman and Robin. What's the Batman that had Jim Carrey and Oh Batman yeah, Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Whoa. Do you know the device that uh Jim K- that Ed the Riddler invents? Uh-huh. Which like I like watching basically... you bounce between several names right there trying to figure out how to describe this man. It's like Jim Carrey, <laughs> Edward uh, the Riddler. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I was like, what's the best in-universe name to use? But, <laughs> but the thing they never really explain what it is. But it's a it's a box that everyone just stares at. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's, like, it's supposed to be like a cunning setter on television. Literally, like thirty years after that would be. A cutting satire on television, but but hey, the it thing blew is, a lot beaming, of people's minds. It's beaming all this information to basically just a stick that, and there's this great shot of of Tommy Lee Jones and the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones playing Two Pace, the actor Thomas Lee Jones <laughs> portraying the. Uh, I don't know. His birth name might be Tommy. Um, and, and Jim Carrey portraying the Riddler and they're like grabbing it back and forth and sticking it on its head and like, like you can see, I remember this. Yeah. You can see information like being beamed into their heads and that's what I want, but I want Netflix on the other end. No. (laughs) Like I stick it in, time slows and I see all of, uh, like all of some series I wanted to watch beamed into my skull immediately mm-hmm. in like the five seconds i kind of like netflix actually kind of broke me of the whole binge watching thing like i kind of can't do it as much anymore interesting um, yeah like i think it was actually house of cards because I, I grew to hate house of cards pretty hard rah, 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 rah. Uh, i haven't yeah. seen that house of cards impression 
You know, Whitney, uh, the, watch the first season, maybe, of no. House of Cards. <laughs> well, just to see Kevin Spacey being all folksy, and, but devious. That's that's why you should watch I House of I Cards. Can, I can get that done in one episode. Yeah, okay. Well, then I'll be watch, hooked. Yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, that show goes so nowhere. It's uh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and they kind of got rid of like one of the only interesting characters like really early on, and uh, I was really disappointed. But um, yeah, like so I kind of can't do it. The last one I binge watched was actually Banshee, which no one has seen. So oh no, I've I've heard that I should watch it. You should and should not watch it. Uh, Banshee is it's Schrodinger's TV program. <laughs> yeah. Um, Banshee is, like, total garbage, but amazingly great. It is an anti-hero drama that is not trying to be, like... Okay, so, uh, this is my big, uh, um, epiphany earlier this year. Most of the TV shows I watch are garbage, but are considered prestige for two reasons. One, they have good cast... Or three reasons. Good cast, kind of interesting, uh, settings, and when something bad happens, they will have a lot of people kind of glowering over it for a while. Um, so you're you're tuning in to watch this horrible sword fight, but at the same time, you also want to make sure that we have a good long talk with the characters about why that was a bad thing afterwards. So like someone is like haunted by the guilt of that thing they did. That that they're haunted by the guilt of that thing you showed up to watch them do. Um and, uh, you know, or you're watching something like Boardwalk Empire, where, like, literally half of that show is people just frowning at really expensive sets. Um, and um, so Banshee is like that if they just did not give a fuck about being a prestige show at all. Yeah. Like, if Banshee is just like, yeah, you know what? This shit's going to blow up and these guys are going to kick each other to death now. And you know <laughs> what? And everyone is going to be like, you know, cool afterwards and it's going to be fine like it's it's a prestige it would be like it's no less horrible to women or like violent than game of thrones is actually i think it's way less but um it's considered kind of pulpy trash because it's on cinemax uh and it's just kind of it's it's about this guy who takes on the identity of a um, of a sheriff that was new to town but got killed on the first day. This guy was there trying to prevent it. And this guy just got out of jail, by the way, for being a world-class jewel thief for the Ukrainian mafia. And yes. he came to central Pennsylvania and now has to con- contend with uh, an, an ex-Amish uh, crime boss. <laughs> um, <laughs> there and but it's like very influenced by like 80s action movies so we're just getting a lot of like fist fights you know just tons and tons of like you know explosions and car chases and stuff it is so gloriously do you remember okay do you either of you remember upn back yeah. in the day do you remember shows like thunder in paradise or whatever uh, or like those like action shows that used to be on like usa yeah. Back in like the early nineties or late eighties that were just kind of like the cheapo versions of eighties action movies. This is like that, but if you tried to mix it with like a prestige drama in <laughs> like of twenty fifteen, and it's kind of great. Um so yeah, I I kind of really love Banshee because it is no worse than any of these other shows, but it's utterly comfortable with being what it is. And for that reason, I actually appreciate it and respect it a lot more than a lot of your kind of prestige anti-hero type, type dramas. 
Because this is not a show that feels it needs to apologize for any of like the dumb bullshit it's going to do. And for that reason, it kind of doesn't... Um, it avoids so much of the horrible stuff that ends up happening on those other shows. Like, House of Cards is a really great example. Like, they spend so much time on everything that isn't Kevin Spacey just having mirthful delight at, like, fucking up the government. <laughs> um, uh, but And it's all that other stuff that kind of makes it, like, it's their need to kind of make it all these other things that kind of makes that show awful, I feel. Because it's just yeah. pulpy garbage. House of Cards is basically pulpy garbage that's just very expensive and has a really great cast and has the veneer of kind of being about high, of being quote unquote a higher culture. Banshee has none of that and is way better for it. So I would recommend getting through at least the first season of Banshee because it takes a while to pick up. But uh, yeah, it's horribly violent. It is unrepentantly about people punching each other a lot. Uh, and, you know, um, Amish crime bosses. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you sold me there. Yeah, I, uh, have you guys seen Justified? I have We've not. We've talked about this before. No, I have not. Yeah. Uh, that is a show about beautiful men who hate each other, but also love each other. <laughs> Where the, the, literally the first episode, there's a character introduced... Um, there was supposed to be just a one-off character for that episode. And uh, they liked the actor so much that they were like, fuck, this is the dude for the entire rest of this series. Wow. It's just going to be about, like, this, these two guys. And, like, oh, it's very, very, like, I don't know, small-town crime dramas. I, I think it's, like, such a big market right now, and I love it so much. Yeah, same. Here. And I, I guess like part of it is just like it. So one thing I really loved about the X Files is that part of the thing about the X Files is that every episode occurred in like, like I can't immediately think of an episode of the X Files that happened in like New York City. Mm-hmm. And the only episode of the X Files that happened in L.A. that I can think of is that horrible one where Mulder meets vampires, but mm-hmm. like. Every single one was in, like, Lake Weedahatchee, Maryland, and stuff yeah. like that. And it was all about, like... they had to shoot it all in Vancouver. Yes. <laughs> but it was all about, like, like, kind of reminding viewers that all of this America was out there. Yeah. Um, Supernatural did that as well. Yeah, that's but true. But Supernatural was, like, a younger, gayer X-Files. Yeah, basically. Now, fellas, this episode's going yeah, wrong. Yeah, it has. And it's you late. know what's funny? I was actually going to launch right into a whole other tangent right then. You you, you headed me off. You headed this off from being a three-hour. I'm going to cut you off with a party joke. Okay. Yes. On the first night of their honeymoon, the bride slipped into a flimsy bit of silk and crawled into bed, only to find that her husband had settled down on the couch. Mm. When she asked him why he was apparently not going to make love to her, he replied... Because it's Lent. Why, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, she exclaimed, almost in tears. To whom and for how long? <laughs> that's good. <sighs> Whitney, you're fired. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just, that, was a, that was a fireable offense. <laughs> Have you heard about the man who never worried about his marriage until he moved from New York to California and discovered he still had the same milkman? I think you've told that one. Before. I think I have too. I think you just read me a Dostoevsky novel. <laughs> that was very, very, very long. 
But uh, all right, fellas, let's. Uh, we we could go on for hours, but it's uh, late. There's a tangent here about small towns in representation. No, no. no so anyway, <laughs> why don't you make a video game about it, Scott? I should. Actually, our game takes place in a small town and includes what? crime. So oh, it's got Harfest. Check out. Yeah, it has Harfest. Uh, check out uh, Night in the Woods coming sometime soonish. Sometime this year or next year. Yeah, sometime this year or first by next year. Sometime. Sometime. Sometime yeah, in there. This. Um, so yeah, uh, Mark, it's not hard. at Bombsfall on Twitter. <laughs> follow Whitney at... I'm, I know, and, and, and uh, nightinthewoods.com. Oh, I thought we were all going to introduce... I thought we were all going to plug each other's Late Twitters. Night Work Club. Yeah, Late Night Work Club. Uh, which is happening at some point when I have more time to help it keep going. I'm sorry to uh, cut you boys off. To... It's okay, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go to sleep in the big bed that we all sleep in together. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's almost ten at night, and I need all to get this and go to bed. Hound <laughs> dogs can jump on top of us. I just ordered Chinese food and have to at some oh, point God. get that. I want the Chinese. <laughs> I've got a bunch of Easter ham in my fridge. Oh, it must be nice. Oh, mm. It is ham. nice. I'm going to go ham it up, guys. I am not at the ham, so you you can have all the ham. All right. I, have I will. That. Okay. <laughs> so so follow Scott at Bombsfall on Twitter and all the other places. And is there anything thanks, else you would like to plug, having, Scott? Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, play. Uh, come follow me and... I talk about stuff, and uh, my game is Night in the Woods. It's going to come out uh, uh, soon. I say my game. It's our game. I'm saying my game since I'm the one here. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I made with my wife, Bethany Hockenberry, and developer Alec Holoka, who is amazing and knows how to do stuff, and I don't. Yeah. So, there you go. And I am Whitney Arner, and the other boy is Mark Popham. The other PH. I thought it was like pop ham or something. We all thought that. Oh, God. We all thought it, that. The British no, pronunciation no, is no, pop ham. No, The way you say it is possum, so that's how it's said. Don't. Is that why he's a possum? Yes. He's Can I call you Mark Possum? It's okay. yeah, well, people certainly have in the past. Uh, hey, have you ever heard that before? Have I heard have Mark... heard that. How about Mark Possum? Hmm. What? This is really good. You guys should add me on again. I can keep going with this. We will. <laughs> I feel like I'm like the Al Roker to your Conan O'Brien now. Like whenever, you like pretty much are. I'm just here to riff on shit. <laughs> Tell you about the game. And we are. I haven't seen on Twitter. I haven't seen that. dot com. I haven't seen that. dot tumblr. dot com. Uh, you know what to do. We I'm love on. you. You listen to this extra long episode. Thanks. You know, you you know when Scott Benson's on the label, it's gonna be almost two hours. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that Dark Souls part was a good forty-five minutes of me talking about the game. <laughs> this game. Oh well. All right, boys, wrap it up. Okay, night, guys. Good good night. Let's all pull the covers over our heads. And we can <gasps> Finally, this slumber party is at its end. I'm going to be that guy okay. who's talking. I was supposed to go to sleep on the summer part. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.
for calling Angel Kiss, sugar. I'm not wearing anything but a smile. <laughs> How about oh you? God, oh my 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 god, show it, show it, show it! Now that is a big boner. <laughs>